0: I think the single most important thing that I would say if a take home would be that alcohol, even one drink a day is not safe, especially for women. One drink a day increases the risk of breast cancer.
1: there, listeners. Welcome to Women of the Northwest, where I get to interview ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. I want to apologize for not having an episode last week, but I got to go to Hungary for my birthday. So my kids were so nice to give me a ticket to go there and visit my brother and his wife and my nephew and his wife and three kids. It was a delightful experience. I would recommend it to anybody. Well, today's guest is Rekha Chandran, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's listen in. Welcome to the show, Rekha. Thank you, Jen. Happy to be here. <laughs> you grew up in India. When you remember things about uh, going to school or growing up, what kind of things are different between? for your daughter here in the States as they were for you to grow up.
0: So my schooling was a bit unconventional in the sense that I, I went to kindergarten in, in India in state of Kerala where I was born. That's the southernmost state. And because of my father's job, I went to Nigeria and that's where I started schooling.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: And, um, I don't know how my dad managed to get me into school at the age four and a half, but I was told not to say I was four and a half, but to stick with six.
1: They didn't uh, have a birth certificate. Check your birth uh, well, certificate. I,
0: I think they did show the birth certificate, but he he had, he had knew how to pull strings, but he got me into school. I think it must have been, my younger sister was there at home and I think they just wanted not to have to deal with two kids at home. <laughs> so I went to school and uh, I didn't, they like, you know, I was small. At that time, also, and they said, There's no way you are six years. <laughs> so I, uh, but I enjoyed my schooling in Nigeria. I, uh, it's funny because I have a friend now in Chicago who, who is my faculty where I, uh, you know, the hospital I worked. We found out that he and I both went to the same school. Really? Yeah, the first grade. We were in the same school. Oh my! Yeah, we didn't know each other then, of <laughs> course. But uh, so it's it's a small world, and uh, yeah. And so I around I wouldn't say ten years, eleven is when I returned to India, and that was a shock for me because in Nigeria the women are very strong mm. and we're not afraid of boys. We, mm-hmm. were, you know. So from there to um, even though my home state of Kerala um, is the only state that does a higher female to male ratio, Mm -hmm. you know, and the most educated state and women are traditionally strong. Despite that, the expectation was to, you know, not look at boys, not talk to boys, kind of keep to the Uh... side of the room, um, which was very... um, shocking to me and not really in line with my personality so it was a bit frustrating so compared to that I don't think my daughter has those restrictions she was born right. here in Portland mm-hmm. and um, she's gone to school except for a brief couple of years in Idaho she's pretty much been at the same school
1: uh-huh. And, uh-huh.
0: and so yeah it's, it's a lot more outdoorsy and yeah she's growing up very Independent. Independent, Pacific, Northwest style, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like her to be a little more independent, but she's, uh, I think that's more her personality, but she has more opportunities to mm-hmm. explore who she is, yeah.
1: Well, in both Nigeria and in India, are girls' education, is that valued? I, I think so, yes. I, I think I've been fortunate in
0: that um, education has always been a, a, a huge emphasis both in my family as well as just the, our state, you know, the, coming from Kerala um, as historically, that is the expectation mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's the most educated state. And there's no excuse if you saw somebody not wanting to, because college is pretty much
1: expect Oh, and oh, so if you're not going
0: to Try to study, right. uh, and, and unfortunately, some people do out of economic reasons. They mm-hmm. cannot, but you know, I, I was fortunate. My parents were both working. I got to go to uh, good schools, and that was always emphasized. that mm-hmm. You need to, you know, study well. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in Nigeria, I went to good schools, so yeah, it's, that's been a big part of my.
1: Yeah. Oh, the interesting. I just think it's always interesting to hear how other countries deal with things or, you know, to to compare them, you know, to how things are here too. Yeah. Okay. So then you ended up getting a degree. What was your degree in? So we,
0: the system in India is slightly different from the U.S. in that we don't have to do a four-year college after high school. You can appear, if you know what you want to go into, and most of the time it's our families that decide for us mm-hmm. because, you know, you're just out of high school. You appear for a test and uh, you choose to go into engineering or medical school. So I went into medical school right out of high school. Oh. So. Engineering or medical school. Right. That's usually wow. the, the, it's a binary choice for most people. And I don't, I think that's changed. Nowadays, I think uh, my cousins, the younger um, and cousins, kids, they're all choosing other things like being an accountant or, mm-hmm. but almost always it used to be,
1: you want to become a doctor or you want to become an engineer? That Interesting. Oh, that is very interesting. Huh? Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. So you chose a medical career and then um, did you do all your training there or you did some in the States?
0: So I finished my medical school and residency in India. I came over to the U.S. uh, because I was married at that time and I went through. Uh, the residency part of it again in the Mm -hmm. U.S. after appearing for the medical licensing exam. For a short period of time, I got to go to England because that was my original plan, Um, and I worked six months in the oncology unit there. So that was an interesting experience. I could see the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, all the three systems are different, in India, the U.K., and the
1: U.S. are all very different. So you can take all the best of everything everything, (laughs) and combine them. Hmm. Yeah, so you're specifically to oncology then. Correct.
0: I I did my residency training in Chicago. After that, I, you know, I worked for six years as a hospitalist in Vancouver, Washington, and then I went back into training for three years. Uh, that was in Wisconsin, so hematology and
1: oncology, and came back here. So just all types of cancers then. All or?
0: types of cancers, um, but I'm. I would say that I'm more uh, blood cancer. That's just my area of interest. Mm -hmm. But when you're working in the community, you pretty much, you know, have to
1: see whoever comes through your door. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Right. Uh, What are some difficult things about that job?
0: I think you have to make a real effort, as it is with many professions, to find that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I have always valued being a mother. Above my career, uh-huh. and I have found that that is not necessarily viewed favorably. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. especially among women mm. in oncology, hmm. you know. And I have—it uh, seems pretty much an expectation that you would forego your family in order to focus on your on career. your career. And I—that is not not for religious reasons or anything. It's just my personal mm-hmm. belief that it was a choice to have a kid and mm-hmm. I want to be a mother and enjoy being a mother. Yeah. And so that has um, required me to make certain choices. So I don't work full-time in a permanent position, especially with COVID. I chose to work what's called locum, mm-hmm. where I can set my own schedule. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I still work three days a week and one weekend a month, but I have a little bit more control and Mm -hmm. the rest of my weekends I spend with my daughter to go for walks. And just yesterday, she just came back from her beginning of the school camping trip. And I think all the kids were talking. She's like, I have to thank you for how much time you spend with me.
1: Yeah. And she's beginning to appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And you become, uh, you become a friend. As well, right. And, yeah. and
0: I, I've always my working theory had always been that you know children going through their teenage years, it's not that they are a headache because of the children, but sometimes it's just a problem with the communication that's happening. Right. With adults, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure that I was fully available. Right. Um, and so I think yeah, once. Uh, she's on her own i think i can focus a little bit more on patient and really
1: <laughs> it's just a matter of years yeah. really it, you know it's not that long and right. it's just a season that you have that opportunity right. to be that parent to her right. yeah yeah that sounds great um, what kind of things is she interested in doing she likes to draw
0: um, she likes i want to say blanking out on the name, but it's the Japanese... Oh, the anime. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> she likes to, she reads, and she, and she loves the library. She's always, you know, she asked me to drop her off at the library. She likes to hang out and read. And she and I, together, we uh, joined an art class in near our house. Oh, fun. Um, which um, said something I wanted to do as a kid. My dad wouldn't let me. He was very focused on <laughs> his studies. And so now it's a mother-daughter thing that we do. We sit next to each other. and Yeah. We have our assignment that we finish. That's,
1: that's fun. Right. I took some art classes with yeah. my yeah. daughters as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it makes a fun kind of bonding Correct. time. Yeah. To do. Back to the oncology, what is there, um, is there any kind of advice or anything that you would give people just in general about cancer? I don't know. That's kind of a broad question, but. I think the single most important thing that I would say if
0: take-home would be that alcohol, even one drink a day, is not safe, especially <laughs> for women. Mm. One drink a day increases the risk of breast cancer.
1: Wow, that is an eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do well for the brewery business. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Really.
0: That, that is, um, and I think his, we've traditionally thought that it's good for the heart, but mm-hmm. I know that uh, cancer has replaced heart disease as the number one killer in more than 20 states in the United States. Mm. So as we live longer and people are not smoking as much and more aware of healthy eating habits and uh, the alcohol still is part of the, is this still, the diet, so we have to think about that.
1: Oh, um, oh my. Are there other things that people eat that make a difference or other environmental things that you see our causes
0: i think we have a lot of uh processed foods i I believe Mm -hmm. there was just a report that came out that um increased consumption of processed food does contribute to increase risk of cancer so that when you think about the older um generation or way of uh living at least in my grandparents Mm -hmm. time um so, so my grandmother, for example, she died at age 90. She There was no cancer in the family at mm. all. And I I don't think her diet was necessarily controlled mm-hmm. because she ate what she wanted. Right. And a lot of um, fatty food. and But it wasn't red meat. It was a lot of fish. Uh-huh. It was like sugary stuff. You know? And so um, I make a conscious effort to cut back on sugar. I'm not that good at salt. That's my weakness. Yeah, but yeah. I I've, Found out through personal experience that what we put in our body makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We may not realize it when we are in our twenties and thirties. Yeah, yeah. That is going to catch <laughs> up with it us. Up
1: with yeah, this. yeah. So you just wrote a book. Tell me about the book. Thank you for um, asking me about that. So the title of the book is
0: "The Final Puzzle," and I wrote it under a pen name or um, Juhi Ray. It's a historical fiction. It was set in the 16th century um, Mughal Empire. So the thrust of the story is about the friendship between the Emperor Akbar, who was the third Mughal emperor, and the grandfather of the emperor who built the Taj Mahal. So Mm. he... Um, Akbar was considered one of the most successful of the Mughal emperors and he ruled over for 50 years. Okay, And this novel deals with probably 25 years of that. And really it's his friendship with a man who is popularly known as Birbal. That's not his birth name, but that's what the title that Akbar bestowed upon him. There's a story behind that that is not well known, but I have um, written about that in the book, okay, and it deals with even though it's set in 16th century India, and even though I started writing it because I chanced upon something very intriguing, this uh, the thrust of it is very relevant today. It's about um, people exploiting religion for their personal benefit and oh, greed,
1: okay, okay, and
0: creating tensions between ordinary people mm-hmm. uh, to cover up. Uh, Ill intentions and how the only way that can be solved is with good leadership.
1: Uh-huh. And uh-huh.
0: the leaders are not corrupt or the person at the top. So, Emperor Akbar um, was unwilling to be swayed by some of the corrupt influences. And okay. his friend became uh, a target
1: for oh. his enemies. Okay, okay. Oh, I have the book here. Could you just read uh, what you have on the back of it to give us an idea?
0: So this is a a sentence from the prologue. Uh, It starts with that. A sly smile appeared on Lakshmi's lips. She was glad her father had warned her. She had never liked sharing things, least of all her husband, whether the law permitted it or not. And I have a a summary behind. Um, Set in the 16th century... Set in 16th-century Hindustan, modern-day Indian subcontinent, Emperor Akbar discovers an incomplete astrological chart. It may hold a secret that would threaten his life and the empire. He assigns the sensitive task of uncovering the chart's mystery to his brilliant advisor, Mahesh Das. This journey takes Mahesh to the heartland of Hindustan. Mahesh, however, was not expecting to fall in love. He's torn between his heart and his loyalty. Why did Emperor Akbar bestow the title of Raja Birbal on Mahesh Das? His closeness to the emperor and meteoric rise spark jealous enemies to target him. Amid the backdrop of religious tensions in the empire, Akbar moved forward to promote religious tolerance and root out corruption. Rebellions against Akbar and personal attacks against Raja Birbal become more common. After multiple attempts on Birbal's life, his enemies believe they are successful. In 1586, while battling the hilly tribes of the Northwest Frontier, Raja Birbal is declared dead. But his body was never found. What really happened?
1: Mm. Oh, intriguing. I cannot wait to get started on this. That'll be fun. Are you um, thinking of writing another book? or you're...
0: I, I am. Um, I've got, well, I'm actually writing, working on a, a collection of short stories based on my experience in... Uh, India. Okay. Some of the stories. Yeah. That that's been lingering in my head for a while, so I'm writing, uh, working on that. But the other book that I would like to sit down and write is something called "Why Did My Doctor Leave?" Oh. Um. And that I think it's not historical fiction. It. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping to write it as a satire, because this is a problem that is also growing in the U.S. Um. Doctors are moving or leaving their jobs. Mm -hmm. So almost you or people you know would say, I love that doctor and that doctor left. And almost always the doctors will say, that's because of family reasons that I'm leaving. Uh But there's always more to that. Yeah, The loss, uh, uh, it's $4.6 billion lost to the healthcare system per year because of physician turnover. Really? and, And there's a there's a reason why this is happening that's been studied but the willpower to effect change Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is lacking Mm -hmm. and my hope through that book uh, is to bring awareness uh, about this issue Mm -hmm. (laughs) including physician suicide and physician turnover why Mm -hmm. that's a big issue Mm -hmm. how it can devastate communities Mm -hmm. Um, i want to bring that issue forth as well so that's something i'm working on but i'm also working on a few other historical stories though it won't be full length Mm
1: -hmm. interesting all interesting subjects yeah can't wait to see what happens with those that is great reka this has been such a pleasure to talk with you and to share your story um, I hope you enjoyed it too. <laughs> I did
0: very much. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I hope your uh, readers enjoy the conversation. Thank
1: you yeah. very much. Thank you. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I've put links in the show notes to the statement on alcohol and cancer risk, as well as links to Reikas books that are available on Amazon and her website, which is under her pen name, Juhi Ray. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.